Hey, welcome to the Publish, Promote, Profit podcast with me, Rob Kosberg. Every week, I interview thought leaders and experts who have used the book to grow their income and their impact. So tune in weekly for these interviews so you can learn how to use your own best-selling book and go from hunting for clients and opportunities to instead being the hunted. All right. Hey, welcome, everybody. Uh, Rob Kosberg here with another episode of our Publish, Promote, Profit podcast. I have a great guest for you today. Robert Clinkenbeard is the CEO of the Radix Group with offices in Greenville, South Carolina, Phoenix, as well as the UK. Entrepreneur, senior leader in EO, Entrepreneurs Organization, and a four-time Ironman, which, holy cow, that's impressive. And you are the author of the Ironman Mindset for Entrepreneurs. So we're going to want to talk a, a little bit about that. You've served on multiple boards, and you're currently on the uh, Eastern Regional Board of Directors for EO as an area director. So, Robert, thanks so much for being with us. Look forward to chatting with you today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate the invite and look forward to chatting. Love it. So, um, I'd like to just dive right into the book that you've written and how it relates to the businesses that you've built. We were talking before, you built a great business that you exited from, and of course, you have the Radix Group now. Maybe, you know, everybody has their various steps, if you will, to their success principles. Tell me, what are like the main kind of foundational elements of the Iron Man mindset for entrepreneurs? The reason why I, I started that book was, you know, my dad has actually written uh, four or five books and I just, it was, it became almost like uh, I wanted to try and not prove myself, but just, I suppose, make my dad proud. Nice. So I, um, yeah, I started to think, what can my book be about? And, you know, I'd grown a really successful business. I'd started to do some, I moved from soccer and rugby into doing small triathlons and I eventually got into my larger Ironman stuff. And I started, you know, think there was a lot of similarities between running a business and doing an Ironman. And so the main principles I talk about in the book is that, you know, whether you have an Ironman race where you have a training plan, so that training plan might be six or nine months off from when the race starts. So you have to build, you know, how many miles I'm going to do every week, how many hours, you know, hours of swimming a day. Right. So you're building that roadmap or that training plan. And then when you compare that to business where a lot of people just deal with that day-to-day minutia, you're dealing with that day-to-day challenges in business where if you actually build that roadmap of where you're going, it could be a year, it could be three years, five years. So that's how I suppose what built my framework around building the, the writing the book. Love it. So there's a lot of things swirling around in my head. My buddy's son is a triathlete and uh, we went to Kona a few years ago oh, wow. to okay. watch him compete there. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm a golfer and golfers are certainly athletes. I mean, I've played a lot of sports in my life, and it's hard to hit that little white ball, even though oh, yeah. it just sits still, right? Um, <laughs> but man, I I have never been so impressed with the the athletes that I saw uh, at at Kona, and he he was like the number six American that year. He's an amateur. Um, oh wow! And, okay. Uh, really, really impressive uh, young man. But just to see those athletes, I mean, tell me. Like, what are some of these specifics? You talk about mapping it out, but, you know, to get to that kind of level where you're running, you know, you're running a marathon, you're swimming two point, is it 2.4 miles, et cetera, all yeah. of these things, which is incredible. 
Um, and, and I understand the challenges in business and, and being an, an entrepreneur, but relate it more specifically to me. Like you're doing this crazy thing and you're building incredible businesses. Give me more details on how they're related. Yeah. I mean, I was trading the height 20 hours a week. So, you know, to try and do that amount to training while running a successful business with, you know, nearly T50, 400 employees. So, you know, discipline is probably one of the first things you have to be super disciplined about your day, you know, making sure that, you know, your day is completely mapped out and scheduled. You're really prepared for it. So if you go into meetings and business, then you have an agenda, you know, you're going to talk about and you have outcomes at the end of it. Um, so same when doing triathlon, uh, training where you have to be prepared the night before what's your goals for the next day you're going to do a two-hour bike ride i need all my nutrition i had need all my water to be successful i need all my equipment to be ready so a lot of us to do with discipline and preparation wow. and then you know again when you compare business and triathlons we're going to go through challenges you know i would get injured i would get dehydrated you know training in arizona I would get injuries. And, you know, there's two ways you can think about it. You either you either just get down because of those injuries or you just work your way through that. Maybe you're training a different part of your body. It's the same in business where, you know, every day you you're have some type of employee issue or maybe you're getting some type of a legal challenge or maybe you have an unhappy client. So those types of things can be really negative to mm -hmm. you. Yeah. And it's trying to just work your way through those challenges. So, yeah, there's, there's challenges both in trading, challenges both in business. And it's that mindset on how you work through those challenges. How are you going to come out in a positive way either by, by learning or maybe you have a win by figuring out how to create a solution? Wow. You know, you, you threw something out, 5,400 employees – and you were training 20 hours a week while running that that company? Did I hear that right? 350 to 400 employees. 400 Which is still employees. a lot. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just still a lot. That's a lot of employees. So, yeah. Well, tell me a little bit about that company, but also tell me what pieces did you have in place to be able to train 20 hours a week while still running your business at such a high level? So, People was probably the first thing, you know, I, I made sure I brought some really great people. I mean, I brought them at a, in a sort of lower to medium level and I helped to coach them. So again, there's that correlation between sports and business that you have to coach everybody individually. You have to mentor them. So I, I coached them to a high enough level that effectively they ran the business for me. And then the second part of that is giving them the framework to be successful so I give them the map of where, where do I want the company to go in three years and five years, whether it be a revenue number, whether it be going to different states, and then have you know key performance indicators mm. for each position so that wherever I am, if I'm racing in France or Switzerland, I can always check on my dashboard and see how different parts of my business are performing. Mm. So each leader had their KPIs, three to five KPIs that I was able to check on. Yeah. So those types of the framework and the tools helped me I suppose, run that company with the confidence that it was still going to grow without me being there. Beautiful. Very impressive. And congratulations uh, on Thank both you. those feats. I mean, I remember at Kona, 
you know, watching them finish. You know, of course, they run down the last, I don't know, 50 yards or so, and it's a red yeah. carpet. And and then the announcer announces every single person the same way. You know, Robert, you are an Iron Man. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, I want to do that. Yeah. And then it you gives know, you chills in your body. Oh, my gosh. It's incredible. You know, I mean, you look like you're in great shape. Are you still training for uh, you know, for Ironman, are you still running and swimming and, and doing all that's necessary for it? Yeah, I still do. I'm not doing this as intense because I now have young kids, but yeah. I'm still biking, still running. I'll probably do a half Ironman later this year now that COVID is behind us. Yeah. But, you know, talking about that finish line, I mean, again, when you look at in business or some type of a race, if you have some type of a goal at the end of it, yeah then it keeps you motivated when you have those challenges. So for me, I, I remember really well is that when I went across the finish line in Nice, France, I mean, it was a tough race. I mean, it was five, 6,000 feet of climbing, Ooh. but I knew that my wife and my you know two-year-old at the time were waiting at the finish line. So the, the ability to carry that two-year-old across that finish line just kept, kept me going through the race. Wow. Very cool. Congratulations on that. Thank you. You know, one of the, I guess, um, maybe key finish lines for business owners is the exit. And you exited uh, your business very successfully and, of course, have the Radix Group now. I wonder if, talk to me a little bit about some of the principles of exiting, uh, you know, mistakes that you maybe avoided or maybe some that you made, but maybe spell that out for us because for a lot of business owners, it's like, you know, there isn't much of an exit strategy, and that maybe is a liken or akin to, you know, running a race and there not being a finish line, which would be incredibly odd, of course. You're right. I think a lot of businesses I go in and help and coach, I find that they don't necessarily have that exit plan in their mind. I think there are a lot of them are caught up still working in the weeds. So they're going into their day, they're being pulled in different directions they're coming out at the end of the day just being exhausted they're not seeing the needle moving in the company right so my, my goal with them is to try and to come up with some type of an exit plan whether they're ready to sell or not but if they have some type of an exit plan then they have some options so you know who's that right hand person ready to take over the company from you you know is there somebody that you could promote to allow you to work more on the business rather than in it yeah. So I, I've just been working with this company here close to me in Greenville where, you know, this, this owner was exhausted. He was working 60, 70 hours a week, ready to pack it in. He was still only 40. And, you know, after I started to work with him, we've now got the CEO in place. He's now able to spend 20, 30 hours with his, with his family. He's just in a lot better place, but it just took somebody to give him a nudge and give him some direction and how to position his company for sale and which is now what we've done we've now got in such a place where there's somebody in place there's processes and procedures in place he's got everything running financially well he's got some good cash flow going through the business so it just took looking at those different steps to figure out what he needed to work on yeah great love it 
Tell me, this is obviously what you're doing with the Radix Group now. Is so you're primarily coaching, consulting businesses, uh, helping them to put those pieces into place and perhaps exit, have that finish line, etc. Is there like a level that you're looking for? Uh, you know, does a business need to be doing ten million dollars a year in revenue, five million, two million? And for somebody listening, what are like some of the key things that they should be thinking about when maybe bringing on someone like yourself to help them coach? them, consult them in this process? Yeah, I mean, I think ideally any company, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll look at any company, but ideally in that 5 million and above. Okay. But, you know, I think the first thing I would be asking them to do is, you know, who are the people around you that can help you take the next level? There's a lot of companies that have had employees around for years and they're not necessarily this, the right people to take the company to the next level. So I would come into that owner and talk through who are the people around you that that we need to coach, that we need to mentor. Maybe there's some people we need to change out. Yeah. And then just look at what processes are in place to help take you to the business to the next level. Going back to a point you made earlier, I made a ton of mistakes in business. I, you know, learned a lot. I made a lot of expensive mistakes. And my goal is now to to work with owners. And yeah, they might see maybe being a little bit expensive, but I want to prove my value to them yeah. by either increasing their revenue, increasing their profit, and uh, take them to the next level so that they, they're not going home exhausted. They're spending yeah. more time with their family. They're spending more time on golf or triathlons or something. <laughs> right, right. And uh, clearly, there's a lot of time that those things take up. So. Yeah. <laughs> so you brought up the, the point on the mistakes. So tell us, you know, everybody wants to know what are some of the big ones? What were some of the big costly ones that uh, that you made that looking back, you could have avoided had you taken a couple of steps? Uh, I would say the first one is hiring the wrong people. So I didn't really have a set of core values or, or true identifiable culture with my company. So when I I brought people in and a lot of the time it was through desperation mm. and I didn't make sure or spend enough time making sure they were a good culture fit or, or enhance my culture. So a lot of the time they came into the company and just caused chaos and actually ended up costing us more money. By the time you bring them in, they cause that chaos and then you fire them and then you have to find somebody else. So yeah. I learned after probably too many years to take my time what did they say? Hire slow, fire quick. Right, right. Um, so I, I just took my time later on. I used different uh, hiring techniques. I used personality assessments. I had maybe four or five different types of interviews. So I would say people was the first thing. Hmm. And then I made the mistake early on of not listening to my clients, not talking to them enough. Yeah. And once I got some good leadership team in place, that allowed me more time to go out and talk to my clients, okay. really just to find out what they wanted from my business. What are some of the things you're seeing from some of their other vendors that we can apply in our business? What are we, you know, are we communicating enough? Are we doing the right services? So, yeah, I didn't talk to my clients enough early on, but I, I changed that later in my business. Nice. And so would you, let's go down that rabbit hole for just a moment. Um, because I, I have found, you know, as I have people in 
better places in my business. It's allowed me to have more interaction with my clients. And and quite frankly, it's amazing to me when you bring on a client, how much more they want to buy when they have a good experience uh, with you. I think it's uh, statistically something like nine times easier to sell an existing or past client on additional services than it is to get a new one. And yet, people don't do it. So did you have like a list of questions or when you would go into these conversations with your current client base, what were the things that you wanted to talk about and that you talked about again and again repetitiously? Yeah, we typically did have a list of questions, but it came around or the quality of services we providing at your standard. Do we exceed your standard? Yeah. How is our pricing related to other services? Uh, is your account manager talking to you enough, communicating with you enough? Are we proposing enough um, enhancement work to you so that, yeah, we could do the basic maintenance, but is there other things that we could be offering to you? What are some of the innovative things that we could be doing in terms of making your life easier? Because I think we quickly realized that a lot of our clients were just getting more and more work piled on them. And they weren't able to get to the properties. So how can we help? How can we get extra eyes and ears on the property to make their life easier? Love it. So, yeah, we, we started to listen to them more and document it and figured out ways to change our business to yeah. help them out. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Probably about a year ago, we started making sure at one key point of our business when we launch a book specifically and and that launch goes well we would have a, a conversation with our client and go through a number of things and what you just said is total gold and i'm going to add several we ask a, a series of questions uh, much of what you said but a couple of them that we don't ask like how is our pricing and i'm assuming that the pricing question has to do with value you received and and that sort of thing and it's amazing to me the question that you posed uh, or the, the statement you made about, you know, what other things can we bring to you of value? We do that now as well. And I bet it has added an additional half a million to a million dollars a year in revenue uh, to our business already this year. And uh, I need to put a pencil to paper and actually look at that. But it just it's amazing to me the number of current clients that we're, we're serving in bigger ways now simply because we're asking those questions and listening to our clients. So, wow, for, for those listening today, th- that is real gold, what uh, what Robert just gave you. So thank you for sharing that. Good stuff. No problem. Yeah, you've already broken through and created that trust with yep. them. Yep. And now you've created that trust. What else can you do? Yep. You know, if they can deal with one vendor compared to two or three, I mean, that's, again, going to make their life easier. Yep. So, uh, yeah, yep. so true. Love it. Love it. Let's shift gears. I want to talk a little bit about the book, although we've talked about some principles of it. But, you know, everybody has their different reasonings for writing it, uh, writing a book. And you, of course, shared, you know, one of your reasons was uh, your dad and and the books your your dad has written, which is incredible. And, um, you know, people have like their own reasons for writing a book that often are about serving their clients and serving the reader and that sort of thing. And you certainly, I'm sure as an author, feel that. 
But you also had something in mind that you wanted your book to do for you. Uh, maybe it's to grow the Radix group, give you speaking opportunities, etc. I wonder if you can talk about that for a minute, Robert, and even if, if there are any stories about how the book has already led to new opportunities, closed deals, or anything like that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I think, you know, all of the above you just mentioned is... Um was on my mind, but it's gone away above my expectations. So initially, I was going to use my book for more of that, that I suppose that fancy business card that I can hand yeah. over and just give them, you know, it's a short book, it's maybe 100 pages, but allows me, you know, puts me in a position uh, that I can elevate myself. So that's initially what I was thinking is that I could become that expertise and, you know, Iron Man relating it to the business and just be a business car. But it is now accelerated into I've now had speaking engagements across in, in Europe, wow. in Barcelona, in uh, Dublin, in uh, Munich, um, through my EO network. And I was able to send books all around Europe. So I've had some great speaking engagements there. I've now had some opportunities in Asia as well to do some speaking engagements. But, you know, what's also moved into as well is to, I've now had people reach out and say, well, I really love the principles and how can I build my own roadmap? Where am I going in the future? What are some of the tools that I can apply to my life? Because, you know, I'm, I feel as though I've got so much more in me, so much more capability. And I talk about that in the book where I only feel as though we, we only operate at 34% of our capabilities. Yeah. So, you know, I've had a lot of people approach me and say, well, how can I take this further? I love, I'm really inspired by your book, which, you know, at the end of the book, I talk about part of the reason for writing it is to, if I can make an impact on a handful of people's lives, maybe they start exercising or walking around the block. It doesn't have to be a full Ironman. Right. But if I could just make them a little bit healthier, then that, I feel as though I've done my job. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. And it sounds like the book has done some amazing things for you with your speaking opportunities. And, you know, I wonder if I could dig just for a moment on that one piece is that, you know, as a director in EO and obviously very, very involved probably for many years in entrepreneurs organization EO, it's given you uh, a network to get your book into and to use your book. Um, talk to me for a moment about like, what was your strategy or what is your strategy with your book and with EO? Or is there a strategy that you're using there? To be honest, there's not any real strategy there because I there's certainly some strict rules around promoting yourself yeah. and promoting your business. So I have to be really careful about that, that yeah. fine line. But I think just by naturally being involved in the organization at a higher level, and being involved in different committees and, and different boards, then I just naturally get exposure. You know, people see my book on my signature or on my website. So I, I'm definitely getting a lot of opportunities there, but I, I have to be really careful about how much I promote myself. Interesting. Interesting. I wonder, is there anything wrong with offering your book for free? Is there anything wrong for, you know, you having a willingness within the organization to get the book into people's hands, even if it's PDF? that you could send, uh, would they see that as a value add or would they see that as promotion? It would be, it'd be a 
pretty interesting conversation. <laughs> I have tried that, and I've had my hand slapped a couple of times for that. So, uh, but no, you're right. There are people out there who will supply their books for free, yeah, and suggest a speaking engagement for free at their local chapter. Sure. So there's still opportunities there. I'm still trying to navigate through that yeah. that area there. But uh, I mean, we have now 15,000 members worldwide and you know as you say they're all great entrepreneurs and right. um, they're all have different challenges in certain ways but yeah that's part of the reason why I'm involved at high level because I want to be able to help them out and if they see that I have a book and that be in value add to them then that's, that's good for me exactly Good. Robert, wonderful. Great stuff today. Thank you for sharing. Let's, uh, you know, where can people get the book? Obviously on Amazon, but, um, you know, tell us your website. Let's give some links. We'll have them in the show notes for anybody that is interested in uh, learning more about you and getting a copy of your book and engaging with you. Yeah, no, thank you, Robert. Yeah, of course, Amazon, we can get the book there. You can go to my website, theradixgroupllc.com. My book is there, my coaching courses. You know, I'm, I'm happy even just to talk to people and see if I can help them stand that roadmap. Um, they can go to LinkedIn. I'm really active on LinkedIn and Facebook. So, uh, yeah, I'm happy to, to help people out if they're interested in learning about my book or my coaching. Love it. Love it. Well, again, thank you, my friend. Great to have you on today. Thanks for uh, all the things that you shared and the wisdom. And uh, obviously, the Radix Group, LLC.com. Uh, we'll give the links. And of course, uh, again, it's, uh, you know, your Iron Man mindset for entrepreneurs. You know, great book for people to pick up. So thank you. Thanks for sharing. And uh, glad to have you on the podcast today. Yeah. Thank you, Rob. I appreciate it.